0: Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. What's up, y'all? How are you guys doing today? Huh? How's your week going? Is it going good? Are you getting all your stuff done? I hope so. I hope you're doing well. And, uh, got my cup of coffee here. I'm trying a new brand of coffee again today. Uh, Green Mountain Coffee, Dark Roast. Um, you know, I'm breaking away from my usual Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And, uh... It tastes okay. I can't complain too much, but it's not quite the same as Dunkin' Donuts. But take a sip anyway. And I suggest that if you don't have a cup of coffee, now would be a good time to go grab one. And if you do have a cup of coffee already, now would be a great time to take a sip, like I'm about to. Oh man, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Like I said, not quite the same as my usual Dunkin' Donuts, but eh, maybe I'll try another sip. It is good coffee. All coffee is good. Especially in the morning, right? It's like the best way to start your day It's a nice hot cup of coffee. That's how we do it here in America, right? Anyway, okay, time for some talking today. You know, I was watching uh, a video of uh, a speaker, well, singer, speaker, actor, Henry Rollins, you know, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Henry Rollins. I, I appreciate what he's done with Black Flag. I appreciate a lot of his spoken word performances. I think they're, you know, they're pretty cool. But uh, I've never been like a huge fan of Rollins, you know. I've known a few people that were like, you know, just crazy about that guy. They thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. And uh, I guess I can see that. But he kind of lost me when he started to diss, uh, you know, one of my all time greatest heroes, which is, you know, Larry Mullen Jr. from U2, uh, the drummer, uh, the drummer from U2. And, you know, Rollins was going off on this rant about how horrible U2 was and you know, just uh, harsh criticisms of this band that I loved so much. But when he started to diss Larry Mullen Jr., saying he didn't have any chops, he didn't have, you know, he wasn't a good drummer, uh, I disagreed. And uh, so that's where Rollins kind of started to lose me. But you know, like I said, I was never like a huge fan of his anyway. But the point I'm making is that he was going off on this rant about how uh, something to the effect of like how people are uh, individuals, they're not meant to work together, they're not good at working together and in a kind of like a negative tone to what he was saying and partially, I guess, tongue in cheek, like he was being humorous about it. but. The overall sentiment of the message was that, you know, people just don't care enough about each other and like humans are not designed to care about each other. We're designed to only care about ourselves and something to that effect, you know, and I thought about that, you know, because there is some kernel of truth to that, maybe to a certain degree, but i tend to come at that issue from a different angle and i think that people are actually meant to work together and uh, humans are good at working together i disagreed you know completely and entirely with henry rollins on this topic and so i got to thinking about it you know and it just so happened that that very same evening my wife and i wound up watching this movie from the 90s 1990s, later 1990s, called Witness, starring Harrison Ford. And uh, the story is based around this community of people that are known as the Amish. And I guess in case you are not familiar with the Amish culture or the Amish people, I can read to you the definition. Okay, so I got my handy dandy uh, New Oxford American Dictionary here trusty, reliable source of factual information. And, uh, let's see here, Amish, spelled capital A-M-I-S-H. It's plural, it's a noun. Uh, The members of a strict Mennonite sect that established major settlements in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and elsewhere in North America from 1720 onwards. All right. So, um, you know, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, and the Amish were close by where I grew up. Now they weren't exactly where I was. I didn't live in Amish country, but they were close enough and accessible enough where, um, you know, a visit to Amish country was only just a few miles away. And uh, so, like I said, they weren't, you know, immersed in my culture, but they were a part of my life growing up, a small part. But, um, you know, I was certainly familiar with the Amish culture and uh, obviously their construction and their clothing and a lot of their food you know uh, was considered to be uh you know like a treat or a special kind of food you know they prepared everything naturally and organically and everything was made the old-fashioned way you know so something from amish country where i was growing up like if you were to get food from them or clothes or Anything that they constructed, like furniture, tables, chairs, those kinds of things, they were kind of considered to be at a higher standard. Um, And there's a reason for that, you know, because this culture, this Amish culture that I'm talking about, and that is so frequently frowned on or ridiculed or just looked down on, Um, is actually probably one of the better examples we have uh, for humanity and kindness and, you know, working together and those kinds of things. The opposite of what Henry Rollins was talking about. And so my wife and I were watching this film about this story, I guess there's an Amish family, they're traveling into the big city, and while they're traveling, this little Amish boy witnesses a crime, a uh, murder. So he becomes uh, in danger because he witnessed this crime. And, uh, you know, the story, I without spoiling it for you, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, overall the, the culture Uh, the Amish culture in this particular film, Witness, was for the first time, or maybe one of the only times, it was being portrayed in a positive light, you know, because most of the time when you see anything regarding the Amish people nowadays, it's always the story about how their rules and their community are so oppressive, and there's this group of people that need to break out and get away from them, like there's some kind of cult or something, okay? But when you look at it statistically, it's really unfair and inaccurate to portray it that way, because, you know, maybe 10% of the Amish community, you know, actually wind up leaving their culture behind and going off into the modern world. but. Uh, you know, a good 90% of that community stays right where they're at, and they're happy and they're content with the lives that they're leading. Now, you may not really be familiar with what I'm talking about when I say Amish culture and their oppressive rules and those things, but um, if that's the case, then just really quick, I'll kind of explain a little bit of it to you that This group of people known as the Amish um, adhere to an old world, old fashioned way of existence where they deny the use of electricity, okay? They deny uh, many of the comforts of the modern world, okay? They're a community of men, women, and children, you know, elders and youth alike that all participate and live, uh, within this set of standards and this set of rules. And, um, it's, uh, very unusual. Like for instance, they usually prefer to not be photographed because they believe, okay. They believe that photography is a way of actually capturing your soul. Okay. that's old fashioned old world beliefs but that's what they believe. So they prefer to not be photographed. Um, you know, they won't use, uh, telephones like we do. They won't use automobiles like we do. Um, farming equipment, construction equipment, usually for the most part is all done without electricity. And you know, at first that kind of thinking sounds a little bit wacky, right? But when you really think about it, okay, Uh, In this culture of, you know, people living off-grid and, you know, living in tiny homes and, you know, kind of setting out into life that way, you know, abandoning the creature comforts, you know, that we all enjoy, like electricity and, you know, automobile travel, air travel, you know, those kinds of things, well, you know, the Amish really are kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to the whole off-the-grid way of living. And, you know, again, when you really think about it, if there was ever some kind of situation or some kind of issue with the power grid, like there is in Texas right now or something, uh, this community of people would be relatively unaffected. They wouldn't even really know or have to know that the power was down elsewhere because they live without power all the time you know think about it their housing their their food preparation everything they do in life washing clothing uh, all the practical things we do every day we rely on electricity for they get it all done without any electricity now their lives may be harder they may spend more time working hard on things rather than relaxing and enjoying life or something because they deny the luxury of electricity and things like that but you know maybe that's not such a bad thing you know maybe there's some value in living your life out that way think about it yeah think about that living without electricity and they still manage to get it done you know now You know, where I grew up in Ohio, like I said, I was not living in Amish country, but I was living close enough to Amish country where I had some interaction with those people. And one time in particular that I can remember, um, I worked for a land clearing company and we were doing a job on this really huge and remote uh, piece of farmland that had been sold off Uh, to be turned into a development. And the company that I worked for, you know, we cleared the trees, that's what we did. So they were going to build a street or build houses or anything like that. We would come in and knock the trees down, kind of get them out of the way, make way for the new road, right? Well, on this one particular job, on this one particular piece of property, there was this massive barn, okay? and uh the amish had agreed to come and take the barn that's what they do you know they repurpose old barns and things like that the wood from old construction you know they'll come in and they'll take it out and they'll repurpose those materials for new construction okay which is a brilliant idea you know in this age of waste You know, of needless waste and landfills and all that kind of stuff. Anyone who can contribute any kind of repurposing ideas or things like that, it's priceless. Anyway, so I'm there with this crew of guys, you know, a couple of bruisers, you know, really, you know, this team of guys that are a little rough and, uh, you know, we cut trees down in the forest for a living. That's what we do. There I am, you know, holding a chainsaw. And um, this huge group of Amish people come, you know, moseying onto the property. They have, you know, carriages and they brought, you know, all their families and their children. Everybody was there. Probably a good, maybe like 1,000 people showed up. And, uh, you know, they have the wives cooking for them while the men are systematically, and the men and the boys actually, are taking down this barn. You know, piece by piece, little by little, they took the entire barn apart, loaded it up on their carriages and rode away, you know, just drove it off the property to wherever they were going, you know, back home. Uh, to repurpose these materials. And it was just such an interesting day, you know? Um, and they did it all in a day. They they took the barn down, all down in one day, like a bunch of ants, you know, on an anthill. That's what it looked like. They just, it was it was a sight to see, you know, this kind of teamwork and how organized they were and just how beautiful and elegant they all looked. I mean, they all wear the same kind of clothes. Like the women will wear dresses with bonnets, you know, or head coverings, Uh, very modest clothing, very old fashioned, um, but very elegant and very beautiful. And uh, the men wear, you know, uh, trousers with like a nice button up shirt, suspenders. They all have like facial hair, like long beards and they wear brimmed hats and they have their hair cut a certain way. They all look the same. You know, uh, they all have the same kind of dress, same kind of regulations of, you know, the kind of clothing they can wear, the same kind of rules. So there's a uniformity to how they looked, but there's also uh, a room enough for them to be individuals. You know, they're part of a community, yet they are individuals. And, um, you know, for a long part of the day, a lot of the time, during that day when we were working alongside these Amish people, there were a lot of times where we were just kind of staring at each other, just studying each other because we were so different. It was so fascinating. And um, like I said, the words that come to mind are like beauty and elegance, you know, these people that so often are, you know, mocked and made fun of by outsiders, you know, um, you know, people that ridicule the way they dress and the way they live as being old-fashioned and, you know, old-world and worthless. And, you know, uh, you know, they, sh- they should be forgotten. They should be abandoned, you know. And it's okay to mock their lifestyle, you know. And uh, trust me, okay. Um, and I know this just from experience that a lot of the time, the Amish community does really have to endure a lot of ridicule and harsh cruelty you know from people and you know what we live in a time where it's not okay to mock somebody on based on their stereotypes and you know the color of their skin or the way that they talk or the way that they look or the way that they dress you know that's considered to be You know, unacceptable, you know, and rightfully so right Uh, in the modern times we live, but for some reason, and maybe somebody could explain this to me, but there is kind of a double standard here with the Amish because it's okay uh, for whatever reason to mock these people and to criticize their way of existence, the way they dress, the way they talk, you know, they have their own language even. I mean, they just it's okay for some reason uh for certain groups to be mocked and made fun of like the appalachian culture which don't even get me started um about that because it just infuriates me but you know it's okay to make fun of people who are disabled it's okay to make fun of people who are amish you know it's acceptable it's okay and you know what it's really not and the times of the double standards like that really need to, you know, it needs to change. And I have personally witnessed, you know, these people being mistreated, you know, by outsiders, by people who don't understand the way that they live and, and the, the way they exist, you know? But, uh, you know, one thing I can say is that my wife, okay, when she was younger, um, even though we grew up in the same city, she had a relative, a grandmother, who lived way far out from where we grew up and, you know, kind of out in the sticks. And her grandmother was surrounded by Amish people. So my wife, growing up, had the opportunity to be around uh, the Amish community a lot when she was a little girl. Uh, all the way from the time she was very young to the time she was maybe like a teenager. You know, she had befriended um, some of the Amish children in that area, you know, and she would go and visit and spend time with them and eat their food and go to their church and, you know, go to their house and play with their kids. And um, and this was a part of my wife's life growing up. and. You know we were watching that movie witness together like i was saying earlier and you know it just opens up this whole cornucopia of thoughts and memories from my wife's childhood so of course you know she starts going off about all the things that she remembers and everything and they're these beautiful memories of her childhood you know around these people who were honest and hard working and clean and and elegant and beautiful and God-fearing, and they were honest and generous, and they were friendly and funny and creative. You know, this amazing culture of people. And uh, my wife was fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to get to know these people, and for them to get to know her, and for them to be friends and, and, remain friends even up until this very day, you know, these long lasting relationships. And uh, you know, it's really kind of, uh, I guess, ultimately it works to my advantage that my wife, you know, would be so, you know, influenced and affected by this culture that was brushing up against, you know, her and my modern existence, you know in the city of cleveland like amish country was just far enough out where we didn't really cross past too much but we did once in a while usually through family things like and things like that like my wife did with her grandma and going out to the country you know spending time with grandma and therefore spending time with the amish people and this beautiful group of people you know who are extremely talented, you know, extremely creative people. I mean, they just have years and years, you know, hundreds of years of refinement, you know, with their ideas and their inventions and the things that they do and the way they do them. You know, they've had hundreds of years of refinement making things better and building a better tool and making a better house and, you know, working together and remaining uh, true to their tenants and what they believe and not changing. And uh, it's really kind of an amazing thing to think about now, especially in the days of like COVID, you know, and power outages, things like that. Like the COVID pandemic thing kind of hit the United States, you know, hit the world really. And the Amish community was really, for the most part, like unaffected because, you know, they're not plugged in the same way that we are and their community and their social events and things like that are not the same as ours, you know. So there would be no quarantine for the Amish because they're not even really in touch or in contact with the outside world. And... Uh, You know, think about that. In fact, if anything, they wound up benefiting uh, from COVID because they can hand make masks and sell them to us, you know, and that's exactly the kind of stuff that they would do, you know? And trust me, if you get a mask made, you know, from the Amish people, the Amish community, it's gonna last forever and it's gonna be made by hand, you know, with love, with purpose, You know, um, that's another aspect, really, too, to the Amish community that's overlooked, but it shouldn't be, is that, you know, the work that they do, the things that they put their hand to, all right, in the Amish community, they're all done to a certain standard. And the reason they're done to a certain standard is because at the beginning of every job they do, regardless of how big or how small it is there is a purpose, a spiritual purpose. You know, they believe that their work is connected to God and God is connected to their work. So they take what they do, what they put their hands to very seriously. And, you know, they make things that will last forever. You know, that's the idea that the quality and the craftsmanship is so high. The standards are so high because it's a spiritual endeavor. First, they're answering to God for their work, the work that they do, the work that they put out into the world. Um, Everything is made with this idea of lasting forever. And in the age of planned obsolescence, and in case you don't know what planned obsolescence is, I suggest you go back to my singularity podcast called planned obsolescence, and check it out. You can get familiar with the term if you want. I talked about it there for a bit, but basically what planned obsolescence is, is this idea of, you know, manufacturers making things like a, a cell phone, smartphone, computers, the, you know, they're designed to fail after a certain period of time so that you'll have to go out and spend more money to get the new version of what they've made, and you know the Amish, you know, are actually doing almost exactly the opposite of that, where you know what they make is meant to be around for a long time, as long as possible. You know, if you've ever seen uh, you know Amish furniture or Amish clothing and the way things are made. Uh, you know you can see that their level of craftsmanship is extremely high and the standards are high so you're you know if you can get your hands on something that's made by the amish community it's considered a treasure you know they're they're made with love and uh they're made with a higher standards in mind and a spiritual mission You know spiritual endeavor which is you know something to give pause you know because I mean I believe that anyway that any kind of creative endeavor whether it's furniture music whatever it is uh, it all begins with a spiritual mission of some kind you know and uh, you know one side of the road or the other you know there's two sides there's good and evil and You choose one and you hopefully, you know, can remain loyal to that side you've chosen and the Amish have. And as far as I'm concerned, I have too, you know, in my own small way. uh, Yeah, I'd say it's true that, um, you know, my music and all the things that I make, they start out from uh, a spiritual mission of some kind. So I won't go too much further into that, but I'm sure by now, if you've been listening, you probably understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, let me get a another sip of my coffee here. Oh man, mm mm mm, hot coffee. So anyway, you know, in, in preparation for this podcast and you know, I came across this video, you got to check it out. You won't believe it when you see it, but basically what it is, is this video of these, this Amish community of people and they're actually moving, okay? They're physically moving an entire building, okay? Believe it or not. they must have somehow you know reinforced like the inside of this pretty large barn okay and uh made it so that it was you know stable and braced it you know uh, from the inside the interior to make sure that wouldn't collapse but basically what happens in this video is this entire community of men uh, these amish men go inside the barn they lift okay they lift the barn up off the ground all these men probably 300 400 500 men lift this barn up and they start walking it to a new location believe it or not i know it sounds crazy you won't believe it until you see it but you know there again is like this example of you know contrary to what henry rollins was saying that You know, people aren't meant to work together, and they're meant to be individuals. I don't know. Watch this video and you tell me if (laughs) you still think Henry Rollins is correct, you know. You just see all these legs, you know, that's all you can see underneath this, the lip of the barn, you know, the legs moving, they're walking this barn onto another property, onto another location, you know, repurposing the entire barn, really, that's what they're doing. And, uh, but they're moving it manually without horses, you know, without cranes and modern machinery or anything. All they do is they go in the barn, they, everybody grabs something and they lift and they carry and they march and they move this barn, you know, Maybe, you know, two or three miles, you know, they walked the barn to the new location and, you know, of course, with YouTube, you know, if you find one video like that, all of a sudden, you know, you start getting a bunch of videos of the same exact kind of thing, you know, showing these people how hard they work and they work together as a unit and they're there for each other and they're loyal and reliable and Aren't those all like qualities that we all find to be good and wholesome and pleasant? You know, isn't that what we all kind of wish for or want, especially now in this age of like isolation during COVID? You know, wouldn't it be great to just be in a community of people like that, that all look out for each other and share common goals and common beliefs and You know, they're not at each other's throats, you know, and their lives are quiet and peaceful and their food is good and healthy and they work hard and they sleep hard and they have fun and they have community and caring for each other. Aren't those all good qualities? Isn't that something that we all want? I think so. I I know so. I know so. And it's really something that we lack. You know, the Amish community really has kind of been ahead of the curve and they didn't even know it, you know. Um, And I guess, you know, that's just how I feel about it. Maybe I'm not alone in it. I know my wife agrees with me, you know, that uh, it sure would be nice sometimes, you know, to have people that I can rely on and people that share the same beliefs that I do. And they look at the world through the same lens that I do. And that's really a difficult thing to find these days. And, you know, as I was watching that video of those guys moving that barn, you know, moving that entire structure, I also came across this video of how the Amish are actually contributing um, their ideas, their construction ideas, their methods To these houses along uh, coastal areas you know where hurricanes have come and wiped out entire you know city centers and you know housing developments you know have just been erased by hurricanes you know and uh, the Amish have stepped in to help and what they do is you know because they're master builders and they're masterful at designing things and how to build things to last and how to stand up to whatever you know the structures have to stand up to Uh, now the Amish have started to build these beach houses that are hurricane proof and trust me they're hurricane proof like the hurricanes will come and go and these houses will still be standing because the Amish Work to this standard. They 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 have the ability and the creativity to come up with new ideas, and you know even some of their older ideas that are tried and tested. The knowledge that they've learned uh, since their inception as a community of people—it's been handed down through oral tradition and written tradition. You know how to build, how to construct a home those kinds of things they're applying that now to these beach houses you know these structures that need to stand up to extreme weather and it's it's amazing to see you know maybe I'll leave some links down to these videos in the description for this podcast but uh, I suggest you check it out you'll be amazed at what you see and it just makes total sense you know Um, an amazing community of people. And, you know, just judging from my personal experiences and my wives, you know, a community of people that are really, uh, you know, ahead of the curve. And uh, we could all learn a little bit from this group of people, this beautiful, elegant group of people that we know as the Amish community in America. Um, I don't know, check it out, you know. Do some research, you'll see what I mean. If you're not already familiar with them, you know. I'm sure if you are familiar with the Amish, it's probably in some humorous, you know, slightly off colored way, you know, that they were presented. Because that's usually how they're shown. That's usually how they're depicted, you know. Because they have rules in standards and, you know, if you don't follow the rules and the standards, you can be excommunicated from their community. You can be asked to leave. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, all the Amish, you know, are given the opportunity and the choice, the option at a certain age. I'm not sure what age it is. It might be like 18 or 21, but they're given the option to, you know, live outside of the community for a little while and make the personal decision for themselves if they want to continue with that lifestyle. You know, they're given the option and the choice. And therefore, you know, when uh, they return to the community after their sabbatical, after they're allowed to be free for a while, you know, if if they do choose to come back and 90% do choose to come back to the lifestyle, after having tasted a little bit of the world, you know, um, the choice is really a solid one and it's one that they've made for themselves. It was not made for them. So, uh, and that other 10% that leave, you know, and don't come back, you know, they always wind up in the gutter. You know, it's like the stories are always so negative and you know, the world is just that way. Right. Nowadays, like it's just so negative And, uh, you know, So the Amish people, you know, their community is usually painted with this brush of like oppression and the rules are too strict and, you know, you know, these people need to be freed, you know, from the, the chains of their, you know, their spiritual and, you know, cultural restrictions, you know, and it's just so stupid, you know, people just don't get it anymore. You know, spiritual endeavor, spiritual mission, they just don't get it anymore. And uh, the Amish do, and they have, and they're they're consistent. And that's the reason why they're still around and they haven't changed, is because, you know, some people are not, uh, uh, some people do not object to uh, tradition and rules and standards, you know? And you know what, folks? I'm one of them. I admire people who honor tradition and, and community and, you know, their spiritual endeavors, their spiritual mission is central to their lives. You know, you have to admire someone. At least I think we should admire those uh, who choose to live their lives out that way There's value in it, and uh, I guarantee you that if you were to ask, you know, sit down and talk to anybody that lives inside of the community, like the Amish community, okay, um, they don't share the same complaints that we do. You know, their lives are not affected by the negativity that our lives are affected by. You know, I mean, think about it, no television. No television, no phones, no cell phones, no smartphones, no computers. You know, everything that they have is done manually, the old fashioned way without even electricity. Hmm. Think about it. Like how different our existence is from theirs. Now, is it better or worse? I guess that's a matter of opinion, but. You know, there does seem to be this trend, people moving towards this off-grid living thing and, you know, organic farming and, you know, (laughs) homemade clothing, shoes, you know, furniture, handmade, you know, we, I mean, let's, let's face it. We live in a world that is attracted to. Those very things that the Amish people live out every single day of their lives together, you know, while we're sitting in our houses alone, quarantined, they're not affected the same way. You know, there's still a community. They still live and breathe and talk to each other because they're not touched, they're not affected by our world. They're not part of our world. They're part of their own world. And you know what? There may be some wisdom in living that way. You know, there may be some wisdom in doing things. And I know there's wisdom in doing things the way that the Amish have, are, and will do long into the future, you know? So there you go. There's my thoughts for today. Ladies and gents, my happy innovators. Uh, I'm going to call it a day here. I think I've done enough talking for a little while, but, uh, until next time folks, peace out, have fun, talk to you soon and, uh, stay tuned for new music. I got new ones coming real soon. I promise. And remember folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, all you happy innovators. The ones who stayed behind to listen to some music at the end of the podcast, I got a song for you today. It's a song called Baptism was from the PC one wilderness album. And uh, it's a song, I guess, that kind of uh, was inspired by or influenced by a little bit of my wife's upbringing as a child. Um, the kind of community that she was around, you know, I said that she was spending a lot of time with her grandmother and her grandmother lived out in Amish country, you know, so she was friendly with and interacting with and social with a lot of the Amish community out that way. And, um, kind of like, uh, you know, old world spiritualism, you know, uh, old fashioned values and this song baptism is kind of like my way of expressing that kind of elegance and that kind of beauty, uh, you know, through music and lyrics and stuff, like expressing the beauty and the elegance of a community of people like the Amish people, that old faith, the old way of believing and praying. And uh, I, I see a lot of beauty in that. You know, so this song, Baptism, was kind of like my attempt at trying to capture that spirit, you know, in a song. So check it out from the PC One Wilderness album, Circo, what, uh, probably 2010, maybe 2012. Not quite sure exactly. uh, Baptism by PC One. And until next time, folks, take it easy, have fun, be safe. See ya. the man